Welcome back to Two Beers, Please. I'm Matthew Smith. I'm joined by my guy, Yannick. Couldn't be happier to be talking sports with him. You know, we've amped up the amount of recordings we're doing, releasing three episodes per week on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. This will be a Saturday release. Each episode right now, is, we're splitting them up usually in about hour halves. And you'd think like doing this more would make it a little less enjoyable or hectic and like keeping up with it all, but it's been like quite the opposite. I feel like I'm enjoying the episodes more and more. And I think that's because it's a little easier to kind of keep a pulse of, of everything that, that we talk talk about. I certainly love to give Yana crap, but I, I feel like that's something I do ah, with ah. all my good friends. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person where like if I don't give you crap, then then I probably don't like you. Like me giving someone crap is is the is how most of my good friendships like even just like start is is me being an, an asshole kind of. But I can't give you any hard, a hard time for Bayern today. They had another tro- trophy. We're going to talk about both kinds of football that just cover this weekend, and champions are ever closer to being crowned. Naturally, got to plug the sites. Get your like on over there on the Facebook page. Follow the Instagram. Two beers, please. One word, underscore podcast. And the Twitter, just two BP underscore podcast. Make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Carrier Pigeon, wherever you tune tune in for your podcast enjoyment. And please do not forget our September initiative. Yannick and I will be donating a dollar to Black to a Black Lives Matter charity for every listen we get here in the month of September. Of course, amid the disheartening news out of Louisville regarding Breonna Taylor, the movement against br- police brutality is undoubtedly important right now. Including today, you've got five days to listen uh, and in turn help donate. So listen, do your part. I'm not sure we have a, a specific charity chosen yet. So you know, let us know if there's any that you are particular fans of or have heard good things about. Maybe we can put up a little poll or, or maybe we can spread it out to several charities. But limited time to do your part. So make sure you listen to all the September episodes. Tell your friends and family because it's certainly something that means a lot to both Yannick and I. And now it's time for our, our wonderful ad of the week. When you're shopping until you drop at the mall, self-care is very important. And while you can always opt for a massage at one of those kiosks in the middle of the walkway, it is hard to argue you know, against the relaxing set- setting of people shopping around you. No better place, though, than Sharper Image. They have massage chairs, and if you're fortunate enough and the ch- that the chair isn't occupied by a middle-aged man or a group of preteens, sit down for a relaxing five minutes. And just five minutes, because you can't expect two more, because unfortunately these chairs really aren't that comfortable. Sharper image. What the hell is this store? <laughs> Whenever you start, I'm always like, what, what's going on today? I don't really know, and I'll figure it out. And once again, delivers, delivers. What the fuck is Sharper Image? Honestly? I like to keep it in the, in the dark. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess they don't. They sold their. I don't think they. I think they like kind of exist. I feel like everything like still like sort of exists on the internet because then like somebody, you know, is just like buys out a company. So like, well, well you know, but I, I don't think they're in malls anymore. And they did. They just sold. They felt like like what's the channel that just like QVC, like like Sharper Image felt like a real life QVC. Okay. Okay. I yeah, I don't know what QVC is about either. <laughs> well, like but that's what I mean, where like they just have like the most random stuff. Okay. Like a massage chair and then like like I feel like they have like a foreman grill, like a bunch of stuff, like just novelty things that like you could be like, I guess I could use that or you know, maybe need a, a foreman grill, but they're kind of 
they're weirder than like your normal product. Right. Absolutely. They have all the products that are really expensive, but that you would never pay money for. But like you, you go and you're like, do I need one? I don't know. Yeah. They probably have like Brita filters. Yeah. They got Brita filters for sure. For sure. They got Brita filters. I think that's probably what they're known for. And massage chairs. I was definitely, I was definitely one of those like preteens. I was such a little shit at the mall. I loved just making a ruckus at the mall. Yeah. And I don't I, know I, why. I, like we'd go, we'd go and we were like 12, 13, maybe even a little older. And like I don't think any of us had job. Like we didn't go there to spend money. We would just walk around. Maybe we meet up with another group of friends, or if you know, real lucky, a group of girls. Um, and then like maybe go to a movie. And I, I don't know why what the appeal was. And now when I go to the mall and I see those kids, I'm just like, get out of here, go do something more fun. I can tell you from experience, it sucks. Yeah, I yeah, I don't. Unless even... you're hanging out at the Dew Zone, the Dew Zone is a, a West Des Moines only spot. You'll have to go that sometime. That that sounds good. The Dew Zone. That's I would go there. I would go it's to the hilarious. Dew Zone. It's what is this? Little, it's this little section that's like I don't even six feet by twelve. That like is this weird contraption sort of where you can like sit down and it's like sponsored by Mountain Dew naturally okay. as, it, as it's the do zone and like there was like rules it was like you can't throw down in the do zone and like a lot of times like the shitty little preteen kids they like they just like congregate to the do zone and if you say do zone to like a west des moines person they'll know they'll know what you're yeah, talking about okay yeah. all right yeah see my preteen years were in uh buckner kentucky so like i sick, sick. We, yeah we did some i mean Shout we, out we hung out Shout out Buckner, um, which is actually right outside of Louisville. Uh, so there's that little tidbit. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I, we went to Walmart and pissed off the employees. That's what we did. We went to Walmart and pissed off the employees until we got kicked out. That's what we it. did. Right. Or like we. There's, there's, a, there's an equivalent to, to that, like everywhere. It doesn't matter what, like as, as a preteen, you just are ingrained. You're like, I have to be a shithead like i just have to right and like we egged houses but like not in the way that you would think like we bought a bunch of eggs and then put individual eggs in people's mailboxes and like that's what we did what? and i don't know because we were like i was a nerd that's just a like a kind kid. that's just like a kind thing to do right so it was just like lol isn't this funny but we don't want to like actually get in trouble so yeah <laughs> like well. it was like it was like the <laughs> the cops the cops come pull up you guys. So we hear you've been dropping eggs off in people's mailbox. I have no idea. Like they just drive away because they're just like I am way too confused to even know what to do. Like I, do I punish these kids? Uh, probably not. Right. Exactly. Out we, food. Right. They're just trying to be nice, I suppose. Or we had a golf course nearby in my neighborhood, and we would go hang out in the golf course after hours, and that's what we did. And it was, we we had had a couple of friends that lived, that that lived in like uh, an enclosed little neighborhood that had a golf course. So that was, the golf course was always fun. Oh yeah. It was the place to be. And like, sometimes, you know, if there's a guy meeting a girl, you would like, the guy would have a sleepover at some guy's house, the girl would, and they would meet there. And you know, I had that happen. A very secretive place. Oh yeah, very very secretive. Sneaky romantic place, the golf course, kids. Sneaky romance. I do remember. I won't I won't name him out loud here because I know he listens, but like I did have one of my buddies 
uh, we were getting back from the golf course and for some reason he like took the took the rake that was sanding like that rake the sand the right. the yeah and uh he was just feeling weird so he like we're like crossing the street to my neighborhood and he dropped it in the middle of the road and ran and i was like what and i ran after him and all we heard from behind us we heard mm, <laughs> like we just heard some fucking car like just biff it on the oh, fucking god. My God, it was so funny. Oh man, I was oh, terrified man. where that was gonna go, but I mean, oh, no, 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 it was fine. It was damage fine. gun, yeah, yeah. That's it like was a fine. safe. That's like a safe, crazy thing to occur. Right, it was safe, crazy. It wouldn't be as fun I if like someone that. like died or something. That that would. And then their fun. house exploded. And, and I won't name God. him because he'll go to jail. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> There's a detective that listens in on this and just like. God damn it! I've I've cracked the case. I finally, finally found that son of a bitch. It's been he ten put years. And rake in the middle of the street, and he's been tormenting me ever since. I thought it was a madman. It was just some that, kid. Yeah, yeah. He's still a madman, as far as as this detective's okay. concerned. That's he's he's a retired detective as well. He's just you know the case just got to him. It took Broke everything. Marriage. Yeah. My marriage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> relationship with his daughter strained but now you know now he'll know he'll be able to this is a piece in the puzzle we didn't give him the name but he'll start his own podcast where he <laughs> this crime must be solved exactly he tries to piece it together in buckner kentucky 2011 that's what it was that's what it was i'm looking forward to that all right how are we doing today Jan? uh you know what I'm 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 not gonna lie to you guys. I'm not having the best week. Uh, you know, dealing with some personal stuff, and uh, you know, but today was good. I, I went for a run, got some work in, you know, and it's not you know nothing better than ending the day talking to my buddy, drinking some beer, watching some sports. You know, as shitty as the week's been, hopefully the hey, Celtics man. can cheer me up a little more. Grab, grab the grab the uh, game five win here, but we'll see. <laughs> I believe in them. It's it's still so weird to me that um, like when they, you know how like before the games they'll have like the, the I guess it would be like an establishing shot, but like the, the, you know, the, the picture of normally the city and like, or like you'll get like, you know, the, the arena and then the city and all that stuff. So every time before the game, when they just show like the wide sports at Disney world, whatever the, the proper name is of the Disney world arenas and stuff. I'm just like, that's so, it's so weird. Yeah, that is. I'm sure that's weird. Yeah, for sure. I see that. I'm not a fan. It's not as well. I mean, you know, obviously, I'm not a fan. So here's this, you know, sporting complex as opposed to, you know, here's a a nice, nice city. Well, Jan, we're glad to have you with us. It's good to be talking sports. Me and all the listeners are are here for you. Better days ahead, certainly. I'm doing pretty well. Got back into my running groove this week, which is which is always nice. It's been really nice weather, and I don't know what the gyms look like yet. I know they're open, but, like, as a runner, there's just, like, kind of a perk of if I can run outside, mine as well. I was talking to my friend the other day. Are are sundown and sunset the same thing? I feel like I use the words interchangeably, and, like, they're used interchangeably, but, you know, technically speaking, are sundown and sunset the same thing? Um. Depends on how you use the word. I think if you said let's meet at sunset or let's meet at sundown, I think that can mean the same thing. But you wouldn't say I'm going to watch the sundown. You would say I'm going to watch the sunset. The sundown, the sun has already set. Well, yeah, but on like, that one. 
Right. Yeah. But like so. sundown and sunset, because like sundown could be like when it's coming down. I mean, I always thought they were like interchangeable. But I started thinking I about it. I was like, it's sundown. Like we're gonna meet at sundown, and then like it's when the sun's coming down, or are they both like when the sun is peaced? Right. Well, it's 2020, and if you guys are using the sun as a measurement of time to meet, I think there's some leeway to mess up there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think if one, of you, if one of you gets it wrong, I think the other one should give give them a break. You know, I feel like that's fair. That's yeah. <laughs> you said sundown. And I, I why didn't you just say 8.30? A normal person. I only, I asked because uh, syndicated over in Brooklyn, the the movie theater has been doing like projection style uh, shows. I think last night they had Pulp Fiction. Tomorrow they've got Titanic. So if you're in Brooklyn or not in Brooklyn, I guess you can get to Brooklyn. You don't have to be in Brooklyn. Good thing to, uh, to check out. Go watch some, some movies, especially in the nice weather. What are we sipping on tonight, Jan? Right. Well, with how things are going in my life, I didn't have any problem buying a new beer for myself right now. And uh, I went with uh, a beer that I've always wanted to try, but never have. And I've and I've just kind of, I think, me not, me not trying it became like sort of something that was a thing, you know? So I was like, I'm yeah, really yeah. going to try this beer and it's going to be good. It's a Voodoo Ranger, and it's a Juicy Haze IPA. I've uh, had that bad boy. Right. So I'm going to, uh, like, as is tradition, I'm going to open it for you guys. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. It's really nice. Smells real good. It's got kind of like a got like a caramel scent to it. I really like that. It's an orange kind of color. I like that, too. It's a little, oh, it's a little sweet. Okay, and then it's a little bitter. Yeah, a little sweet, a little bitter, but it is all delicious. In case you're uh, looking for the kind of beer to get Yannick, he likes an orange kind of color. That's something that he likes. I do like Blue Moon and Shock As, we just, as we've just learned. No, oh I, I agree with you. It was just a funny perspective. Sir, what can we get you? I, I'm just looking for something with an orange kind of color. I Honestly, honestly, as a, like a waiter, bartender, that kind of – not a horrible direction. I'm just drinking a Modelo. Just went nice and simple with it. Beautiful. The classic. The classic. It's a great sports beer for me. And that that com- I'll never get over that Modelo commercial. I'll always be so hyped for those Modelo commercials. Dude, I love them. Yeah, that was part of my, my thinking. I was like, it's a big UFC weekend. It's uh, it's it's only only too right to be drinking a Modelo. Although now I love it. Like they got like Anderson Pack and there's a percent per- yeah professional chef that's on there. It's like, we're going to do everyone. Everyone that's a baller. People. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's not a bad, not a bad route to go. There you go. We're going to be on a Modelo commercial soon, guys. Get ready. It's going to be so Sweet. much fun. <laughs> All right, Jan, let's get to the question of the day. Beautiful. The Spurs, Patriots, and even a team kind of like the Cardinals are entering new eras after dominating, dominating their leagues for several decades. As you look around the major sports uh, leagues, what franchises do you see having similar sort of success over the next 10 to 20 years? Oh, that's so hard because like the Spurs. Yeah, because the Spurs have like two two things that made them un, unlikely like dominators. Number one, you had, you know, Greg Popovich being like invincible and like 
father time, but also like Tim Duncan lasted much longer than he was supposed to, too. So like he was also dominant for much longer than people expected anyone to be dominant as well. So like there's that. Obviously, the Patriots with Tom Brady, what they have done, you know, unless it's Patrick Mahomes, won't be repeated for like 100 years because it's just so unlikely to win that many Super Bowls. Uh, with how much changeover there is and with the draft system and everything. And uh, do we mean the, the – we're talking about the St. Louis Cardinals or the Arizona Cardinals? St. Louis. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know sure. what we're talking about with uh, two decades of – but, yeah, you're yeah. right. The St. Louis Cardinals have been really good. And, uh, ba- I mean, baseball is another hard one. Baseball, there's just so much – so many games, so many Baseball's so tough. Yeah, that's, like, ridiculous. That's so why I, I used to think – I used to think the St. Louis Cardinals were the best franchise because, like, year in, year out, they would win the Central, be at World Series threat. And baseball is so – like – you have to get it right with so many players over, you know, single A, rookie ball, double A, triple A, getting even once you're to the lead. Like it's so, it's a crapshoot at times. So right. the, Cardinals, the Cardinals have always been one of the most impressive franchises to me, just like that su- sustained success. And not like, not they didn't have like twins and, and athletics sort of payrolls, but they didn't have Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. Like they, they had some stars, but they were, you know, they, they weren't winning because they were spending a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's hard for me decades, you know, like of success, but let's, I, I'm going to talk about like at least like five years of success that I think guys can have. I'll, I'm going to go there with this question uh, in the NBA. You know, I really, if the Denver Nuggets can keep Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray together, I like that team. I really, really do. I mean, I think that they, if they can put the right guys around those guys and and have the same, if they can have those players even take another step forward, that's really hard team for me to beat. I think they can really, they can really form like a lot of success. Obviously you have the Golden State Warriors that you have to mention as well. Like they're just going to keep dominating, I think. And they are like the current team that is still together technically that like, has been dominant so they can continue that success once everyone gets healthy again i like the brooklyn nets too in the next five years i mean you got katie and kyrie once he's healthy karis lavert they got a lot of young guys if they can keep building that culture in brooklyn behind steve nash i think that's also really good and uh yeah that's kind of nba nba is hard to tell because right we're talking like in the next if we if if we're talking starting next year like think about it we're gonna have so much shit changing i mean lebron james is gonna be out of basketball soon like what are we going to think of the league without LeBron James? You know, who takes that mantle? And, uh, you know, there's so many questions for everybody. The Heat are really good right now, but, like, I don't think that they stay, you know, together like another team might. You know, the Celtics are really good, but if they go 4-1 down, what does that say about their ability to compete, you know? So I, I like the Celtics as a team, too. If if Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and, and uh, Marcus Smart can stay together, that's another team that I think could, could challenge. But... Uh, yeah, NBA is hard to tell other than the main teams right now because a lot of the main players are a little older, and so you wouldn't want to like start your league with them now. NFL, I think it's much more clear-cut Chiefs and Ravens. I mean, Chiefs and Ravens, you got the two best young QBs, especially the Chiefs because you've got Patrick Mahomes there, you got Travis Kelsey there, you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire there, you got Tyreek Hill there, you got Andy Reid there. I mean, you just there's so many weapons, and they're all together for a long, long time. That's what you need for success if they can keep it up. Obviously, NFL hard to do, but I can see the Chiefs winning a lot. Ravens as well. If J.K. Dobbins can step up and be what he we think he can be behind Lamar Jackson, and then also with Hollywood Brown maybe taking a couple steps forward, 
Wow, that's hard too. That's real hard for me. And I think that's a really good team as well. I like the Arizona Cardinals too. If you put a couple more weapons around Kyler with, with Dondre Hopkins and with how young Kyler is and how much he can still grow, I like those three teams uh, as well. And in the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning are kind of the team that I see having continued success. They're already really good and they've got a lot of young players still around Nikita Kucherov. So they could do really well for the next three years with him still there and then keep doing well after he leaves. Uh, I really like the Colorado Avalanche too. They just got a lot of ton of like a ton of young talent, you know, and they and look, they were already competing. If it hadn't been the Gilded Knights, they would have, you know, maybe made it to the conference final. But uh, they have a ton of young talent that haven't really entered their prime yet. You know, they're already looking good. So I think they'll get back to winning ways very soon. And then we talked about it, baseball. You know, the L.A. Dodgers with Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, that's a hard team to bet against, especially with Mookie Betts, you know, being in his prime and having so many years left in L.A. Uh, obviously, you want to say the Yankees with with Judge, Voight, Garrett Cole, DJ LeMahieu, and, you know, Giancarlo Stanton. If those five players can stay healthy, that's a really hard team to beat as well. And the Padres is an interesting team, too. I mean, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., two not like aging players, you know. Let's see what they can do together this postseason and maybe if they can continue success in San Diego. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the five versus the 10 to 20 years of, of uh, success is a little bit of a, a different sort of question, which is kind of nice that we, we looked at it a little differently. I agree with you even, um, you know, baseball-wise with the Dodgers looking towards 10 to 20 years down the line. You know, they've built a standard out there and not only winning their division, but – They've routinely won the NL. Um, I think, you know, the question for them is like, is a breakthrough by winning the World Series going to lead to sort of a letdown? You know, I, I think part of the reason they've had such sustained success and sustained activity in the front office to get that success is because they've been so close but haven't got over the hump. So I think that's the question, you know, um, team-wise, you got an older Kershaw, you got a guy like Justin Turner, um, and then just front office-wise, will the front office be as – forward and aggressive in, in dealing in trades and, and signing big free agents. I kind of think yes to that. And I think the team's fine. I mean, you talk about Mookie Betts. He's supposed to be there for the next 12 years. He's 27 years old. He's one of the best players in baseball. As far as, you know, a letdown after winning a World Series for him, he'd have two World Series then at a, the young age of 27, 28, and have a chance to really write an impressive legacy. And I, I just think the front office will stay aggressive, and and because like we said, you know, the MLB is is not a it's it's one of the toughest kind of leagues to predict because of the unpredictability with with what players are going to pan out, uh, you know, in the minor leagues and, and and such and such. So I think their commitment to being like, well, then we'll just go, you know, financial like we'll just go buy the best players each year and and do what we need to do that way is a commitment to wanting to win. I actually thought of this topic while watching the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics the other night. So I am going to disagree with you there. I, I think they both have bright futures. I think the main, you know, you mentioned it, the main key to, to a prolonged success begins and ends with star players, Tim Duncan, Tom Brady, Pujols for, you know, the Spurs Patriots and Cardinals. But it also requires a strong head coach at the helm and, uh, you know, to deal with those players, to make adjustments, to improve players and a front office that makes good deals trades when necessary, you know, upgrades your team and then finds under radar, the ta- under radar talent for the staff to improve. And as far as the Celtics and the Heat go, you got Danny Ainge and Pat Riley, two of the best executives probably ever. And I think the question there is, is maybe how many more years does Pat Riley have? I believe he's 
73. He's at least 71. So he is getting up there, and, and he certainly is a person in basketball that has nothing to prove. Did you know, Yannick, Pat Riley has nine NBA championships. He has one as a player with the Lakers, uh, five as a coach, four with the Lakers, one with the Heat, one as an assistant coach with the Lakers, and then two as an executive with the Heat. Um, and he is 70, and he is 75, so I was off. So he is he is getting older, so as far as executives, you know, you probably are going to lose him in the next five to ten years, maybe sooner, depending on, you know, success that happens. But he's built a good structure there. I think the biggest thing that he can say, you know, with their, you know, vast amount of young talent in, in Adebayo and Tyler Hero is they've made themselves a, a really lucrative place for a free agent to come. Um, you know, Florida's always kind of an appealing place because of the taxes, no income tax, which is nice when you're making millions and millions of dollars. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you can see the, the, the kind of building team they have down there. Um, and then, you know, I, 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 you look at Spolstra and you look at Brad Stevens to still relatively young coach. Spolstra was 49, Stevens 43, but a ton of experience. The Celtics themselves have so many good star players in Tatum and, and Brown. And even if they lose the series, I think the future is bright for them. I don't think we need to worry about I, – I think they just need to figure out their kind of rotation and, and such within that team. Other uh, kind of honorable mentions for me, Mavericks, just because you got Luka Doncic. And again, like the Heat, it's just a very kind of lucrative place that I think can appeal to free agents. Nets, I agree with you there because of, of kind of the foundation that a Dur- Durant and Irving partnership could establish for you. I mean, Durant's 31, but he's his skill and his size, he can, he's going to be able to play forever. And Irving's only 28 years old. And then I, I said Raptors just because I think Nick Nurse is probably the best coach in basketball. And, and when you have a coach, I, I think he's the NBA's next Popovich where it, it doesn't matter what collection of players you give him, he's going to make them competitive. 100% agree with you. I think football is, is pretty straightforward with the Ravens and Chiefs. So I'm going to go with with a little bit of a, a sneaker pick, sneaky pick, sleeper. Was it sneak? That Yeah, that I made sneak pick? and sleep. Yeah, that was – I made – that. well, that's what the pick is. That's how, how low-key it is. It's a sleeper and it's sneaky, so it's a sneaper. It's, that's when you know it's big time. Um, you know. The Carolina Panthers – David Tepper bought him back in 2018 for a record price of around 2.3 billion, and since then, you know, he's been committed to making them into a winner. Biggest move, of course, getting Matt Rule. He went to Temple, turned around an abysmal program into a winner. Did the same thing at Baylor. Baylor was in, in the absolute dumps after everything uh, that happened to their program. Made them into a winner. I think he's going to do the same thing in the pros. They went and they got Joe Brady to run the offense. They've got a star in Christian McCaffrey right now. And they're lining themselves up for a top draft pick. And not only that, for Panthers-wise, but you look at the other three quarterbacks in that division, it's Matt Ryan at 35, Breeze at 41, and Tom Brady at 43. So, you know, none of those franchises are starting to hit their stride like, like a Chiefs or a Ravens. So the division, the division's future is right there for the taking as far as the Panthers are concerned. Right. I mean, I... Yeah, I can't argue any there. I mean, I of course the Nets. I think my thing with the Heat is, and I think this is just this is folly on my part. But yeah, I I guess my my thought was, can they keep Tyler Hero, for example, like young players like that, or is someone gonna snipe Tyler Hero from them? You know, can they keep you know Bam Adebayo? I think they keep Jimmy Butler for sure. But like, do all of those players stay together? The Celtics have had those players 
for a hot second altogether. So that makes me feel a little more stronger about them staying together. I'm just pessimistic because they're down three one. I'm being unfair yeah. to them. But like uh yeah, that's that's kind of what my thought was with the I mean heat. for the like, heat the heat I think I think you gotta keep I mean I I don't think they let Hero or, or Bam go. I think they're ready to pay those guys. Yeah. And of course I mean Hero has to show a little more like the his his game was great and he's had a really good playoffs, but he's still a rookie. Like he's not he's not gonna get max money tomorrow. Um there's still there's still a few more auditions to really prove himself as being like a superstar superstar. So we'll see how much he costs still, you know, when it is free agency time. But I think regardless, the Heat aren't are gonna make sure they don't lose him. But but I think, you know, you you become an appealing place when maybe in the rookie season he help leads you to a NBA finals. And I mean, for the heat too, I mean, I think in my eyes, it this kind of core collection of, of group also was able to help get them a, a top free agent and the success kind of goes on from there. For sure. Yeah. I definitely agree with that though. And I'm excited for all these teams. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next juggernauts. All right. I really am. I'm excited to watch them grow. Yeah. It'll be fun. I mean, the NBA, I, and we might be entering, you know, it's the time like a time too where there's so many good twosomes where I'm hoping we see, you know, a little more a few more different faces in the final. You know, it became Warriors, Cavs every year, even Heat Spurs was for a few, you know. So I I think there's a good chance that we're gonna see a few, you know, more names. I mean, even this year right now with with the Heat making it as opposed to and you know, they haven't made it yet. <laughs> yeah that's bite my tongue yeah let's not let's not let's not jinx them or do well yeah i know I, for your for your sake or do jinx the them best. all right oh, Jan, well. college let's football do let's do back, it of course and and one conference is officially back the pac-12 you know and after what has been a confusing few months concerning the state of college football all power five conferences will be playing some sort of season this year which if you had told me that a month ago, I would have. I I don't know what I. That was a stupid thing to start with because I don't know what I would do. I would have been very shocked. It's surprising, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I have nothing to say other than like, why? What's going on? I have no idea. I mean, everything that comes out of the Pac-12 and Big Ten's mouth, I'm like, but what was the point? Why did we? Right? Why do we go through all of this if why we're just so... gonna turn around and just do it next month? Be more That's fluid why... about like why like there was no reason. Don't, don't tease me like that. Don't tease me. Honestly. Maybe that's what they were doing. They're like, we're going to really make them want it. But we're gonna make glad to see him back. I'm certainly glad for the players, just like the Big Big Ten. And it does make the the season, I suppose, feel even more legitimate. They start on November 6th. Although, you know, I and you and me have talked about this with a few awards and, and titles. And I'd say for them, I guess for the most part, there haven't been a lot of crowns awarded in, in any of the sports that were like shortened season wise. Cause all the like champions league, I guess they had one leg, but then the leagues, they just finished their games, but none of these seasons, none of these awards so far, I don't think it felt like, ah, that feels cheated because of the shorter COVID season. Right? No, none of them do. And honestly, I mean, we'll talk about this, but like if baseball season, I know we're look how into baseball season we've been, right? Like we're so there, we're excited for the Dodgers. We're excited for the Padres. We're excited for the, athletics and the Rays, but yet they played half a season and like, we don't have any semblance of not even like, 
Right. So we've been, we don't have any semblance of thought of like, oh, this isn't worth it. When in reality, is it like if on paper, I don't know if it is, but like, I haven't felt that, you know? So I, I think right. that, yeah, you know, sports is sports. And at the end of the day, if you go out there on the court, one game and beat a guy and they crown you champion, you're champion. That's just it. You that's win. Just, yeah, like, that's that's it. just it. That's just, I can sit here and talk all I fucking want about Bayern winning the champions league. But if we had lost that game against Lyon, we would have lost. It's not like, oh, you know, we lost because it was one leg and, uh, you know, we yeah. lost. And yeah. that's just like what it is, you know, and it sucks for some people and it's glorious for others. And that is sports in a nutshell. So I think it's just another, it's indicative for sure. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, you and me talked about it before with, with the MLB, with a much, much shorter season and postponements and double headers here and there. And it was like, you know, I mean, if, if, after, if you can't play 60 games, Go into a sixteen-team playoff and win, then you, then you weren't the best team. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm not sure what why you need perfect conditions to prove that you were the best team. Exactly. Like if you told me, okay, you know what, we're not going to have an NFL season. We're going to pick one team out of a hat for the N and you know for the AFC, one team out of the hat for the AF NFC, and they're going to play. Fine. Then I'm like, okay, that's unfair. You might not right? have deserved the Super Bowl. Right, exactly. But that's not like what's happening. And even then, Matt, even then, one of those teams would have deserved it because they would have beaten the other one. Yeah. Like yeah. even then, you know, like we might be like they didn't deserve to be there, but they got there and beat the other team. So they what did, are we they did, to say? They did what they were asked. Right. And that's just it, right? Like we talk about this all the time. The beauty of sports is also the unpredictability and complete cruelty of sports. You know, the fact that like there are PI calls that will never be able to like be solved. You know, there is offsides that we will never know whether it was offsides and it decided a season. You know, there are injuries that you can point to and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, your name is not on the banner. Yeah, that's nah, it's true. I mean, you can, you can get as close as you want, but it's I mean, either you do it or you don't. But, you know, you mentioned the, the Big Ten not being afforded to any slip-ups, I think that's going to certainly be the case even more so for the Pac-12. But I'm not sure, you know, that's the biggest factor of college football playoff-wise. I think Oregon is a team that that could have done it, but I think they needed that regular season game against Ohio State on their schedule. Obviously, that will not be taking place now. They got a new quarterback after Justin Herbert basically was starting for the last four years in Tyler Shaw. I'm really glad the Pac-12 is back because I love – USC quarterback Kendon Slovis. He was unfortunately for him and, and USC injured in their bowl game against the Hawkeyes. Fortunately for us, he was injured. It would have been a much closer game if he would have stayed in because the guy has an absolute rocket for an arm. He, he's an absolute stud at quarterback. And there's not many times where I find myself cheering for a USC quarterback, but I find myself doing that for Kendon Slovis for sure. Yeah, he's really impressive to watch. I I feel like I keep being like he's still playing. Like I feel like he should have been in the NFL already. Like he was a freshman <laughs> last year. Right, but like it seems like he's been there forever just because of how much like talk there's been around him and how good he's shown himself to be. So yeah, really excited for that. And Pac-12 football's fun. Like it's fun to watch. It's got a different like game and I I agree it's not going to mean anything playoff-wise, you know, even yeah, it was never going to mean it. I mean, one of the last two Pac-12 teams are like that Washington yeah. Huskies team and the Oregon team when Marcus right. Mariota was on it. Like, that's it. So, like, first year, right? So, yeah, like, I mean, I think, I think Oregon. Yeah, I just think they had they were outside looking in 
and even more so now, like seven game schedule, you're going to, I think you're going to need a lot of help or be pretty like convincing. Yeah. You have play. to be, yeah. You have to beat every team by like 35 basically. Yeah, like really come out and, and hope that there's a couple, like, I, I think, I think a one loss Alabama, I guess maybe depends on who they lose to, but I, I would guess a one loss Alabama, one loss Clemson, uh, one loss Georgia would still get in over a seven and zero Pac twelve team. What if they lost to the Citadel? <laughs> um, then maybe, but then I think still they probably like that almost would be more helpful for Alabama because it's like yeah, that's a horrible loss, but then that means they get all the the good wins on their schedule. So like the resume looks good that way. Right, but they were like, yeah, they just it'll be. It'll be nice. I mean, it's just nice that that all five of these conferences. I think you know the Pac-12 was put into kind of a, a crappy situation by the other conferences because now they all were playing. So like for all those players, that had to be really tough. And and I I think you know they they did get put into kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place a little bit. But hopefully, you know, safety wise, they made the right decision. I'm certainly happy for all those those kids getting able to play. And it's not. I mean, it's it's just good for college football. We've got we've got more teams playing. It's it feels more like a full season than you know than what it did and what it was looking like. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with there. So some of the games of the weekend. We've got a ranked SEC game to start. The SEC is officially starting play. This is technically week four, but it like this feels far more like week one than week four. That's for sure. Um, you know, a, a few Big Twelve teams have st- have. have had a non-conference game already, but now they're kind of getting going underway. So Big 12 starting, SEC's going. The season really is starting to get underway. Number three, Kentucky. Number eight, Auburn. We get to take a look at Bo Nix for Auburn. His second year is their starting quarterback. The Tigers and him look to take the next step and really compete for one of those college football playoff spots. Kentucky gets quarterback Terry Wilson back after an injury, and they got a ton of experience on that offense. Eight other returning starters on offense. I think this one's going to be very close, whether or not Bo Nix has improved. Uh, but I think he's got the intangibles to win a close game. I think Auburn wins. They're favored by seven and a half, though. So I do think Kentucky covers the seven and a half point spread. But the Tigers take home the victory in a close one. Kentucky's going to be a tough team this year. Next game I'm looking at, number 24, Louisville, against number 21, Pitt. We talked about Louisville last week. They had that matchup and loss against Miami. Pitt. One of the best defensive teams in the country. This is truly an offensive versus defensive ACC battle. Louisville, as we said, they're getting no break. Second consecutive ranked conference opponent. The over-under is 55.5 on this, which seems incredibly high to me, uh, especially for a home game for Pittsburgh. So look at that for betting-wise. But I do think Malik Cunningham, as I said, terrific quarterback for the Cardinals. I think he's going to make enough plays to get the win for the Cardinals. Take the money line on Louisville. Because Pitt is favored minus three money line right now for Louisville is plus one twenty. The next one we're talking about the defending champions. It's Mississippi State and number six LSU. Two of the most interesting storylines of the NCAA season or off season involved in this game. The hiring of Mike Leach to Mississippi State and in turn Lane Kiffin to in-state rival Mississippi. I mean, you, you gotta love it. The SEC already you know, play and players wise, the best conference in the country. But now you add two of the most unique personalities. I think college football have ever seen, certainly in Mike Leach ever seen. So they're going to add some fireworks to already one of the most intriguing conferences, probably the most intriguing. And then we talk, you know, about the future of LSU after the incredible season by Joe Burrow, 
They lose Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, of course, has opted out. Defensively, Derek Stingley might only be a sophomore, but he also might be the best player in the country, you know, offense or defense. He's in vain like all the other LSU defensive backs we've seen, Grant Delbit, Jamal Adams, Tyran Matthew, Eric Reed, Morris Claymore, Patrick Pe- You know, the list goes on and on and on, and Stingley's going to be adding his name to that plethora of successful defensive backs at the college and pro level. The question really is offense for LSU. You know, was last year a one-time thing with the Brady-Burrow marriage, or has Ed and the Tigers, they really committed to this style, this open offense, this throw it around, rack up the points? I don't think Orgeron's scared. I think Orgeron knows this is the change he, he has to make and has to stay committed to it, and I think Miles Brennan is going to be successful in this offense. I think LSU gets the win. And then my big – Game of the week, number 22 Army against number 14 Cincinnati Army. It, they're in their first ranked matchup since 1996 when they were also ranked number 22 and played nine, number 19 Syracuse in a 42-17 to 17 loss. Cincinnati's offense looks strong in their opening win, 55-20 to 20 over, over Austin P. Desmond Ritter, good rushing threat, but he had less than 20, 200 passing yards in the, in the win, and he averaged less than 200 passing yards last season. Cincinnati, you know, they have a great defense, but their offense is it, it lead leads you wanting more. I mean, they just they don't they can't move the ball around a lot, which is tough when you have a team that has a defense as as good as they are. And now they're going up against Army, who runs that triple option. Always a, a tough defensive task. Cincinnati's got a favorable matchup in the sense that this is only their second game, so they've had a little more time in the sense of starting the season to prepare for it, but. We also know the start of the season has been short. So Cincinnati's favored by 13 points. I think Army's definitely going to cover that, and I'm even going to go wild, take the upset. I think the Army Black Knights get the straight-up win over number 14 Cincinnati. Jan, we've had a few more players. Wade Davis, uh, I think um, more from Purdue has decided to come back. A lot of guys that opted out of the season have decided to opt back in. Any problem with with guys doing that, with players being like, no, I do want to play? Why? No, why? Why would there be a problem with that? I mean, there's so – I don't think it's a controversial question. I just wanted to – Right, yeah, it. no. I mean, if the conferences can go willy-nilly on whether they're going to play or not, then the players should be able to just decide that. That's like saying – there's no school today. Okay, I'm not going to school. Actually, there is school. Okay, I guess I'll go to school. Like, that's just what that is. Like, that, like, you can't fault them either way. Just like we don't fault the sure. players that aren't coming back, you know, because they stick with their decision, you know? At that point, it's like, well, school is canceled, and now it's on again, but, like, I made my decision, I'm sticking with it. Like, you know, if you're going to be wishy-washy on the administrative side of the of the situation, then the players have every right to do whatever they feel like they need to for their future NFL careers because that's what we're worrying about it's like the people that are like on the fence about like you know how is this going to affect my NFL future you know all the I you know I just yeah there's no problem with it I think that they definitely have that right a hundred percent and anyone who has a problem with that go fuck yourself I don't know I'm right. sick with that. Yeah. No, I, I mean I don't think anyone do, like I mean I haven't heard of anyone having it and I didn't Certainly didn't expect you to have a problem with with it. It would be a, a weird thing to have a problem with, as you say. Like, I'd be like, "Well, no, I didn't." The landscape has changed quite a bit, so yeah, I think it makes more sense that I'd want to play. Like, it's worth playing. We have seen a lot of those guys that are, you know, expected top ten, top five picks: Jamar Chase, Greg Rousseau, Sewell for for Oregon, still kind of stay opting out. But you know, like you said, you can't. I mean, 
can't blame those guys for playing in a, a season where they're like, this doesn't, if, if it doesn't feel worth it to them and they have, you know, a, a bright future already kind of looking cemented for them. I mean, you make a lot more money when you're drafted early. So it certainly makes sense. Jan, why don't you bask in a little more Bayern Munich glory and, and give us a peek ahead at some of the top games in the Bundesliga and La Liga this weekend. So just really quick, two things. Number one, I've been swearing a lot and I apologize. It's not like we're not against swearing, but I just realized I've been just dropping F-bombs left and right. Fuck and, yeah, baby. Uh, yeah, so uh, personal, personal thing today. So that's just like what's going on. Second of all, I just want to make it clear that Matt is giving me clearance to talk about Bayern I am, right now. Absolutely. That is what's happening. I just yep. wanted to understand. Okay. Well, it's the quadruple, baby. It's the quadruple for the Bayern Munich boys. That's right. They, they win a quad. They consider it a quad. Yeah. I always thought do. it was within the same the same season. Yeah, but they consider it at the ending of the of the last season. You know, they kind of like it's the roundup for that for for Bayern. Like they everybody in the German media talks it about as, as like the roundup. Wow. Like they've. Cheap, right. Cheap I quad. Mean, might as well. But it's a quad. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Uh they win the oh. Super Cup, the UEFA Super Cup, two to one against the absolute, and I want to give them credit again, the absolute kings of the Europa League, Sevilla FC. He was ripping uh, on them after their Bayern. semifinal win. <laughs> no, but Sevilla held Bayern really well and attacked. I mean, they attacked their weak points. Every time Bayern pressed, they attacked. And I mean, they would have won if Neuer hadn't made like four or five absolutely goat saves, like on every side of the ball. I mean, if that guy, if you don't think that guy's the best goalkeeper in the world, I don't know what to tell you. Because he truly, he won the Champions League for them against PSG. He won the semifinal against Lyon and he won this game. Like Bayern won, but like he's the reason that they had the chance to. Not that Sevilla was the better team, but... They did have a lot of great chances against the press. My worry about here's I'll, I'll criticize Byron a little bit. You know, um, they they have had you know we've talked about it already. This this big press. You know, they have you know Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry and Lewandowski and Muller and and, and the wing backs kind of uh, with Alfonso Davies and they press they press and they get caught behind some time and kind of with Leroy Sané coming to Bayern Munich they're pressing even more. Which I guess is like, you know, gr I mean, it's even worse for defenses because they have no room to breathe. But it's making me real nervous because like, <laughs> I, I, I like, I don't know how much more space you can give someone in behind Boateng before it ends up being a bad situation. You know, like Neuer made some great saves, but there was a, there was a save where Lucas Acampos was one-on-one -on -one and Neuer left his foot out. And that's the only reason we weren't down in extra time. Like, that's really it. And so I think that, you know, that's something they're going to have to figure out, you know, how to not get too eager now that they've added another attacking player. Like I said, though, this was still Byron's game. They had 64% possession, 25 shots. You know, Lucas Acampos hit an early penalty goal. Goretzka finished off a nice Byron move before halftime. Lewandowski scored a goal after halftime, but it was ruled out due to VAR. And, uh, you know, the game was mostly Byron, you know, playing with Severe, having clear chances on the counter. Went to extra time, but then in the 99th minute, who, who does Byron get to bring on but Alfonso Davies and Javi Martinez, <laughs> right? So, like, he wasn't even playing the first 100 minutes. And, of course, it immediately led to a momentum change because Davies was not only the fastest guy in the pitch, but the most the guy with the most endurance left. So it was just a complete mismatch. And uh, 
He basically won a corner within the first five minutes of being on the pitch. And Javi Martinez in his final game for Bayern Munich hits the hits the winner in the 104th minute. I mean, that's just beautiful for him. Real glad. Damn, you know, I didn't know that was his final game. It's his final game. He's going back to Athletic Athletic uh, Bilbao. So like he's uh That's dope. Yeah. It's it was real dope. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yeah, let's go, Javi. Of all the players to score, I was like, that's freaking ridiculous. I love that. But yeah, quadruple champions, you know, but I, I think this really says, I mean, Bayern is the better team. They just have the better players. They should win that game. But it says a lot about Sevilla that they could hold Bayern Munich to this. I mean, Bayern is like top two teams in the world right now. And if they can head into La Liga with that spirit and holding holding Bayern, they can definitely hold Real Madrid. They can definitely hold Barcelona, you know? So I think, you know... It's good omen for them going into La Liga season and obviously a good omen for Bayern. You're kind of capping the season off. Uh, as for the Bundesliga, we got some good week two games coming up. Uh, today, Frankfurt got back on track after tying their first match with a 3-1 win over Hertha. I mean, they got good players. Sebastian Rota scored today. Bas Dos scored today. Andre Silva's back from AC Milan. He scored as well. Uh, but we got some good games on Saturday. You know, Bayern, uh, I'm sorry, Borussia Dortmund playing a feisty Augsburg side that loves to upset the Giants. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can make it past that early hurdle. Uh, Dortmund can. There's an early relegation battle between promoted Armenia Bielefeld and Köln, who is a traditional team that is always kind of fighting against the relegation. Uh, Leverkusen versus Leipzig is kind of a clash for those later Champions League spots slash Europa League, like which of them is going to get which. And then Schalke versus Bremen, you know, two traditional Bayern, like Bundesliga teams, but both desperately need wins to avoid the relegation hole already in week two. Bayern plays Hoffenheim on Sunday, always an interesting clash. It's Serge Gnabry's former club, so it should be good. Speaking of Sevilla and La Liga, you have Real Madrid playing their second game against what? Real Betis? Number two, Real Betis? That's crazy. But yeah, Real Betis is number two. Can Madrid end the early Betis win streak and start a win streak of their own? They're going to need it if they want to stay up with Barcelona. And Atleti, who plays league leaders. That's right. You heard me say that right. League leaders, Granada. So they have their first uh, game against Granada. You know, can they capitalize this season? Can Joao Felix make another stride towards that potential that we've seen so far? You know, it'll be really interesting to see what Letty can do there. Sevilla, I mentioned them already. Easy first game against promoted Cadiz. That's a good one to get your scoring boots on. And finally, Barcelona kick off their season against the always dangerous and third place Villarreal. How will they respond after the offseason drama, after losing Luis Suarez, after basically Ronald Koeman came in and said to all the old guys, you're out of here soon? How will they respond? Only time will tell. How will Messi come out and play for them? Very interesting Um storyline to follow but that's how things look in the bundesliga and la liga and matt i thank you for letting me talk about the reds from bavaria once again of course of course it's not a quad but you know it is to i if you win the quad in germany i guess i guess in germany it can be a quad uh in brooklyn that ain't a quad well okay so what i'm saying is what so like what do you consider it then it's the start of a new year. So, like, if you go and win the treble this year, then you'll have won the quad because you won this trophy. But it's the trophy from the two previous winners. So why would that be included in this season? Because it's the start of this season. 
it's no, a can't it's like the, it's it's the cap of last. Do you do you can no? I consider it the start of the season. Do you so consider now, so you consider like the Community Shield like a end of season? No, but Community Shield is not the Europa League winner versus the Champions League winner. That's like no, that's more no. Like yeah, I mean obviously like the stakes of what the games are, but like it they're very similar. I mean, I think it's hard for that because I feel like England, you can have a quintuple at that point. Like, I don't really know what you would call it. Like, technically, a, an English you team could. could win the yeah, the English team could win the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, the Premier League, the Champions League, the Europa, UEFA Super Cup, the Community Shield, and the FIFA World Club Cup. And I don't know what to call that then. You know, that's kind of crazy. But Well, just because we don't have a word for it doesn't mean that it's not a thing. Right. I guess in my head, I consider it the quadruple because it's kind of like... I understand that it happens at the beginning of the next season, but in my head, you shouldn't have to win the Champions League twice to then consider it a quadruple once. You know what I mean? Because well, that's why you it's have... tough. Well, I guess, but I think that it's even, you know, maybe we'll win the quadruple next year then. It's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. But I mean, I think that game being the beginning sounds weird. So you're saying we already have a trophy for this that game? Is that- that, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm okay. Sure. I'm okay. I'll absolutely. take that. Okay, okay. okay. Well, because okay. like that has to be the start too because then like, I mean, do you really think that the – I mean, they can call it the Super Cup if they want, but I that's not bigger than the Champions League. No, yeah, it's a dumb – it's a weird game. I, if you would have – like, I mean, it's nice to win, but like if you would have lost that today, I don't think you – or just whatever, yeah. yeah. Like you would have been like, ah, damn. Like I would have been nice to win, but like that's. I, I'm I'm just glad we were there because we won the Champions League. Right. Exactly. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. You guys heard it first. Matt said it. We got one trophy already. Quadruple. Here we come. There we go. You can even <laughs> do more. You can do the what's five quin quintuple, and then you got what's the what's your guys is the pokal the like Community Shield in Germany. We don't have really – I mean, we, we only have three tournaments in Germany. That's the thing. We don't have, like, an extra fourth one. No, but you don't know? you have – you guys have one where the, the winner of the Bundesliga – like, you've got, like, a community shield equivalent, don't you? Nope. We do you not don't. have, like – no, we don't have a DFB Pokal winner playing the Premier League winner. That doesn't happen, though. Man, because dude. usually Because usually, Matt, it's the same team. Well, yeah, that happens in – <laughs> It can happen in England. I mean, it happens in. Are you guys like you guys are like the only country that doesn't have it? No, you guys got the German Super Cup. Oh, but that's not between the between the DFB Pokal winner and the Bundesliga winner, is it? I think so. Oh man, so here's why. How I else didn't would know you, How else would you get? How else would you get in? Right. So that's why I didn't even know that that was what that was because Bayern always plays Dortmund, and in my head, I'm like, oh. That's just Bayern playing Dortmund before Dortmund's just getting season. second. Right, but Dortmund's just getting second and Bayern like has to play somebody. That's so funny. Okay, I that that's cool. That's cool. I, I like that. I like that. All right. So you got a second trophy <laughs> right around the corner. That's right. We're going to get it too. We're going to get it, boys. Leroy Sané is going to is is going to tear it up. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, certainly a good start for Bayern. It's a solid win against Sevilla. As he said, I mean, I think the uh, the La Liga looks look as looks as open as it ever has looked. Certainly, while Ronaldo and Messi have been, I mean, Ronaldo's gone now, but been a part of it and, and such. So, could Sevilla make a little more noise than they're used to? Let's make our way over to Syria. I'm gonna talk about a few games over here. The first one, Inter against Fiorentina. After you know what's been a few up and down years in Milan, Inter have 
had one of their best seasons since 2010 under their first-year coach, Antonio Conte. Second place in Serie A in the Europa League runner-up. I think they really look ready to compete for trophies again. A team that is just clearly united. They, they get along. They play well together. They like playing for Conte. They add a guy in Arturo Vidal that just adds a little more toughness, a little more grit. And I think, personally, I think they just keep improving. I think this is an easy win for Inter. 3-0 over Fiorentina, a team that opened the season with a very unconvincing 1-0 win. It is, though, great to watch Fiorentina because we get to say hi to the terrific Franck Ribéry, one of the greats. One of the absolute greats. Have you seen him play for Fiorentina? He looks 23. Like, truthfully, <laughs> I don't understand it. He runs through defenses like he's like he's a spry, like he's a spry little man. Like, it's Dude, crazy. When I, when I turned on the – I can't even remember what game it was, but I just – when I turned on the – the first Fiorentina game of the season, and like they're like, and Ribery on the ball or whatever. Like I was, wait, what? I still just remember that moment of being like, Frank Ribery is playing for Fiorentina. When did this happen? Right, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, he's like a timeless, a timeless talent. It's really amazing to watch. And if you haven't watched him, Serie A games all on ESPN. Go watch the man play. A guy who. Probably didn't get his due credit and accolades due to, to, due to injury a lot of times, but nice to see him still playing. Next game I'm taking a look at, Roma against Juventus. Roma was the highlight of our lust, last discussion about the Serie A, albeit for a bad reason. They were blanked 3-0 by Chievo Verona. You know, after five straight top three finishes and uh, Champions League appearances for Roma, including a 2017 Champions League semifinals, the last two campaigns, they finished fifth and sixth. And it just feels like the trajectory of Roma is just downward right now. And we know what Mujube is here to do. They look sharp in their winter uh, opening win against Sampdoria, 3-0. Ronaldo's ready to go. Dybala's ready. I mean, this team's ready to run through the Serie A as they normally do. I, I see a similar scoreline, especially with the team that Roma's been playing with. I'm going 4-0. Juve takes a huge win over Roma in that one. And finally... Bologna versus Parma. Odd matchup, right? Well, the reason I'm picking out the Parma team is because the club has recently been bought by the Kraus Group. Rather mundane purchase to most people, but the Kraus Group is most well known for their ownership of the come and go convenience stores. Yeah! In, in Iowa and around uh, around the Midwest. The Kraus family, the Dowling family in Sacred Heart. So grade school and high school with a lot of those people. Um, but we got we got an Iowa businessman owning a squad in the Serie A. Basically, they, they've officially made the purchase, and the Krauses are, are running Parma. So we wish Parma the best. Both teams had tough first matches with two zero losses to Napoli uh, and um, Milan between the both of them. I see more goals for both of these teams. A little more open play. Uh, as excited as I am for Parma being bought by Come and Go, and I hope I hope Come and Go becomes their sponsor. Um, I, I think Bologna is going to win this one, two to one. Jan, how's the Serie A looking to you so far? I mean, I, I'm so excited. That is Kraus. Ready for this? That is Kraus class. That's what that is. I yeah, love that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope their sponsors come and go. I'll buy a jersey yesterday. I really will. Same. I feel like I, I have mean, to become a Parma sponsor now. All right. Absolutely. I mean, what a what a historically uh, dangerous team to become a sponsor of. But. Uh, Seriously, really, really cool stuff there. That's a really good uh, insight. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Roma, they always challenge late, and they're always good against all the other teams for the most part, but they've just not looked themselves for a long time, and Juventus has not shown me that they're ready to take the the pedal off the, you know, the foot off the gas. So, like, 
I I do th- I see a similar like three one four zero kind of scoreline, uh, definitely there. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the Serie. I mean, the big question is going to be what does Inter do, right? You know, Juventus is going to be at the right. top. You know that Roma, Lazio, Atalanta are all going to be in the mix. But there's one team that can compete. It's Antonio Conte and it's Inter Milan. And, like, what can they do? Can they really challenge Juventus? I mean, they were close. And if they hadn't messed up so much, they had a chance. But, you know, that's just that's going to be the storyline all year of Serie A. And uh, we'll keep watching Fiorentina for Frank Ribery, but they're not going anywhere. So uh, that'll be interesting uh, just for that player. But yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. Syria always provides some 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 quality teams and like some crazy teams to root for. You know, Atalanta last year. Who's going to be last year's Atalanta? Is what I'm looking for as well. Hey, Atalanta's still not ready to give up that. You know, everyone thought they were going to slow down, and they got another third place finish last year amid their what quarterfinals run. I mean, that that team is. It, it seems unlikely that they can keep it up, but. As far as they're concerned, they don't give a shit what, what everybody else is thinking. They're ready to do it again, I, I think. Right. I mean, I tell you that there's a team that finished third in their league and went to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. It's like, do you mean Chelsea? <laughs> like, yeah. that's what I think. Like, truthfully, it's kind of crazy that it's Atalanta of all teams. So Truly. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do now. Yeah, should be a fun season. Again, Serie A now on ESPN+, Plus, which makes it pretty awesome to be able to watch – all those games. If you don't have ESPN Plus, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a sports fan, you don't have it, get it. They are clearly not one of our sponsors, but I think it's like $6 a month. And you just get you get so many sports. You get so many documentaries, 30 on 30. You get so much access to other TV shows. So, like, if you're a sports fan, you're just not doing yourself. You're do, you are doing yourself a disservice, let's say that, by, by not having it. So, go and get it. Let's take a look over at the EPL. Of course, Manchester United. Goes to Brighton, Brighton early tomorrow morning. I hope we win. I don't even want to talk about it much because I'm just, I don't, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. I don't like. They should win, uh, but I, but I don't know if they will because I'm not sure what Manchester United team will trot out there and play. So we're gonna move right on over to. A, unfortunately, we're still more bad news for Manchester United. Crystal Palace against Everton. We've talked about the upside of Everton a lot. The Crystal Palace undefeated themselves, including that big win against my my United at Old Trafford 3-1. They have the man at manager that's been just about everywhere in Roy Hodgson. And really, they really do have a, a good team. And, you know, a lot of young guys, a lot of good pace on that team. And guys that have been together for a while, you know, I, I think it's always a, a stretch to think Crystal Palace is really going to, you know, challenge that much. But could be a dark horse Europa League a challenger this year. Everton already shown their grit on their on the road with the big win at Spurs 1-0 to open the season. We've talked about really, I mean again, we talked about just how high the ceiling could be for them. They they could really go far this year. I think both teams are playing with confidence. I think it's going to be a nice open game and I'm going 2-2. Both undefeated teams will stay undefeated but will not stay on the winning streak. That game's on Saturday, moving over to Sunday, Manchester City against Leicester City. You know, I, I don't think Leicester necessarily needs to win this game to feel good about the result. You know, City's the obvious favorite and clearly outnumber the Foxes. They've won three straight against Leicester. I just think Leicester needs to play their game, not get knocked into the trance that City can, can put on a team, get sucked into that, or this one could turn very ugly. Uh, you know, I'm leaning towards optimism for Leicester this year. I'm I'm happy for him with that 2-0 start. Poor teams, but 
they won the games they're supposed to win. And it's nice to see that after the struggles they've had. I still think City's just a little better. And, and early on, they usually kind of look their sharpest against teams. So I'm going 3-1 Manchester City over Leicester. And then Monday, probably the game of the weekend. It's Liverpool against Arsenal. Another game where I, I don't think a win is necessary for Arsenal to come out feeling confident. Liverpool could grab there's a, a second win for them over the big six after defeating Chelsea 2-0. And right now they're looking strong. Uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how the midfield lines up, as I assume Jurgen Klopp's going to want to get Thiago out there more and more, get him more min- minutes and, and more a part of the buildup of that team's offensive play. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, nobody can stop him. I see him getting a goal here, but in the end, Liverpool's just got a little little too much quality, too much going on all around the pitch. 2-1 Liverpool win. Jan, EPL, what are your thoughts? I think <clears throat> I here's what I think, Matthew. I think Manchester City has not looked convincing yet, and I think Arsenal and Everton have both looked so convincing. So I'm seeing a weekend of absolute coming out parties for these games. I see Everton. I'm going Everton. Like it. I see Everton slapping Crystal Palace 3-0, really showing that they are on the market. They are on the market. They are here to compete. I really do see it. I think James Rodriguez has a great game. That's what I see for the Everton game. As for the uh, Liverpool-Arsenal game, I see a draw, and I see Liverpool having to come from behind because Aubameyang's got a goal in that one. So I think Arsenal's going to surprise the champions there. I don't think they'll beat them, but I definitely think it'll be a draw. And then finally, I think I see a Jamie Vardy late winner, 2-1 to for Leicester City. I don't think they're better than them, but I think Man City has enough problems in the defense where Jamie Vardy's going to come in behind, get the goal that we know he can, and Pep Guardiola is going to have questions to answer early. What What about City so far? I mean, 3-1 over Wolves to start away against a, a solid Wolves team. What, you, what about Manchester City is, are you not feeling right now? I mean, they, I mean, yes, they had a great, they had a, granted, they had a great game against the Wolves, but the Wolves also showed that they're a weaker team in their previous games this season, not like since last season, but they had a, I believe they were, I forget what tournament it was. If it was, were they eliminated from from the Carabao Cup? Maybe something like that. They had a bad game somewhere, and I watched them play, and they looked very much like they have a little Carabao Cup. Such a nothing cup, though. You're right. You're right. But they also didn't look good. So it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to like lose and not look good. So I I, I do attribute it to that. And and also like Kevin De Bruyne has been held in check a couple times in in already in early season like i know it's only twice but like you were not used to seeing that and if kevin de bruyne can't get going then then you're just looking at the manchester city defense as like a real a real problem point i honestly i just think there's only so long that pep cordiola can get away with his defense being as bad as it is and i think it's finally going to come biting him in the ass this season i really do whether or not they finish top maybe they change the problems but it's early on and i think there needs to there's always a wake-up call for bad defenses. The the bill always comes, always, you know? So that's just what it is. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I, I just wanted to know because, you know, 3-1. That, that Wolves game, they did only have two of their starters against Stoke, so it wasn't like the normal Wolves team by any means. Um, but, yeah, no, I just wanted to see what you what you were seeing by City that made for you sure or not. It was definitely a continuation of things I have seen. Like, I just haven't yeah. seen anything changed to where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, city, city's ready to compete. Like I think 
you know, the they've they've bet they've bet on themselves to outscore people for several seasons now. And I mean, primarily wise, it's it's ended up okay for the most part. I mean, I guess they were two time defending champs last year, but you know, I think City clearly has goals in Europe and that bet of we can outscore you has not come to fruition on the European stage. Absolutely. Because if they can't score in a game, then they lose. Like it's, it's really that easy. Like right. I'm not even saying like you need to score goals to win, but if they can't find the way through their defense is not going to help them out. They will lose them that game so easily. And that's yeah. just like what we've seen. And uh, I'm again, I'm going to quote Mordo from Dr. Strange. The bill comes to you always. And that's what it is. Beautiful. That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't we uh, move on over to a little Stanley Cup Thursday night football action, Jan? Right. I mean, Stanley Cup. You know, we we thought the Lightning were going to have the advantage in this one. And, you know, the, the uh, stars kind of made us wonder whether it was going to be uh, interesting or not, you know. And uh, Lightning grabbed on Wednesday night the 2-1 to one lead in a 5-2 victory. Uh Lightning captain Stamkos returned and scored in his return. Big for the Lightning, I think, in terms of the long-term success in this cup final. They got goals from Kucherov, uh, Victor Hedman, uh, Braden Point, uh, Andre Palat, you know, the classic, you know, usual suspects. Actually, Hedman played really well. He had a goal and two assists, a really good game for him. Uh, Yeah, I mean, they scored three in the second period, and that definitely iced game three for for the, the rest of the series, you know, rest of the time and uh yeah i mean the series isn't over and i'm looking at the score right now stars were up 2-0 lightning came back 2-2 stars are up again 3-2 so we'll see if the stars right so we'll see if the stars can kind of you know come back and, and grab game four there they've shown that they can do it all the time but i think this game three win was not a good omen for the stars i mean the fact that you know stamp coast is back and returns and his you know scores in his return it's just another boost to an already talented uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team. But like I said, it's only two to one. That doesn't really mean anything, you know? So like Stamkos, Stamkos was ruled out for tonight's game. They said he's okay. not ruled, he's not ruled out for the series, but he's not playing tonight. So there you go. So it's going to depend on how much he, he does, but like, he's always been a good coach from the sideline, even when he's not playing. So I'm not worried about that. It's not something that hurts the lightning, not having him, but it's just something that really does help. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he's used for the rest of the series then. But yeah, game four is on right now. We'll keep you updated as it happens. Stars currently up three to two. If they win, they'll even the series at two. Uh, In the Thursday night football, we had an interesting game. It was beard versus mustache uh, as the Miami Dolphins played Jacksonville. And got to say, the beard won big time. Matt, is Ryan Fitzpatrick really good? I don't know. Every no, season, of course he's not. Every every season, he has a couple of games we like played this. the Jaguars. Oh my gosh! But we were questioning whether the Jaguars were good last week. I mean, and they really and were. they answered us last night. No, we are not. Oh my gosh! But he looked good in this game. He went eighteen for 20, 160 yards to the air, two touchdowns throwing. Also ran in a score. I mean, he's looked good his last two games. He's had three he, – in the last game, he had 328 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions, which is what we look at when it comes to Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know. And uh, it was only a close loss to MVP candidate Josh Allen. So, you know, it's a good – you know, he's been looking good. So it'll be interesting, like, to see how actually long he holds up against, you know, Tua eventually coming in. 
Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, Minshew Magic did not show up. 275 yards, an interception, two total turnovers. It was an interesting game because you had two newish running backs kind of taking over. Miles Gaskin took the reins for Miami with 66 yards and 22 carries. While James Robinson had 46 yards on the ground, six catches for 83 yards, two touchdowns, leading Yannick's team to a 30-point lead early in the week. We love it. We love to see it. Big um, fantasy player he's about to be. Big time fantasy. Pick him up now if for some reason he's not picked up. Anyway. Your league's, this, your league's really stupid. Your league does not know what they're doing. Uh, I, I I just, you know, this game doesn't really mean much. Let's be honest. Miami's one and two and they won't do anything in the AFC East. Jaguars are one and two and we thought maybe they'll do something. And now we know they won't. So like, that's just the end of that question. No. Nope. Right. Right. So okay, but, but, there's, okay. There's the Jags. Sorry. I there, thought we might've yeah. been missing them the first two I was weeks. like, <laughs> oh, I thought we got the stir. Yeah. Yeah. Got the season started with Adam amid all the COVID stuff. We're just like, oh, we got shit. We, we forgot the Jags back at the gas station. No, we should have. It, it was a it was a purposeful. It was a they purposeful were asleep event. in the back in the back of the van. Oh, I was going to say it's a purposeful abandonment at the gas station. No, we left them behind. There you go. Um, but here's some interesting statistics from the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick became the first became the first NFL quarterback to have six wins over the same opponent with six different teams. <laughs> he is, he is under, you know, like forget the is he good? He is one of the great journeymen. <laughs> that's that's a discussion we should have one day, like journeyman quarterbacks where where Ryan Fitzpatrick lays in that hierarchy of the modern I mean in the last like 10, 15 years, I think. Him and McCown, but I think I think Fitzpatrick takes the crown because the Fitzpatrick will have those games like last night where you're like, damn dude, that was like Pretty good. Like he looked like an NFL quarterback, and then he'll have other games where you're just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it was crazy. He, yeah, but I mean, what a crazy stat that he beat Jacksonville with six different teams. That's like hysterical. Jaguars, you should you should retire a franchise after that statistic. Like, if it's Tom Brady, fine, but like you know, but Tom Brady, but also has you have to be like a shitty player because Tom Brady's not going to play for six. Yeah, exactly. You automatically have to be a shitty quarterback and then still beat you six different times with different players. That's kind of crazy to me, and I I just don't understand it. It's nuts. Um, but this was a big win for Miami. I got a couple statistics. It's their first double digit win. They got a first double digit win. In 39 games. The last time they won by double digits was against the Broncos in December of 2017, 35 to 9. That that was the last time they won by double digits. In addition, it was the first time the the Miami Dolphins have scored touchdowns on their first three drives since 2011. It's been nine years since they did that in the game. So, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick giving Miami fans some some uh, some records to cheer about, I suppose, before Tua comes in and breaks them all. But yeah, it was just a bad night for the Jaguars. Chris Conley made two crucial drops down the stretch. Uh, left tackle Cam Robinson got disqualified for making contact with an official. Uh, C.J. Henderson, the rookie cornerback, was flagged on four different pass interference calls. I mean, it was just an all-around terrible performance. One cool thing, um, Brandon Wright made his NFL debut as the kicker for uh the Jaguars. He is the seventh black pl- he is the seventh ever black place kicker in the NFL. So that was pretty good. Except he missed an extra point and then got injured in the fourth. So even that didn't work out perfectly for the Jaguars. Just it was a sad, sad day. Uh <laughs> I don't really know what else. story comes down with an injury. Right, was, oh gosh. Yeah. It was it was just uh 
it was a rough day all around. And uh, now like a they spit calm down there. Right. But at least now we can all stop talking about, you know, we can just like go back to normal. Like it was fun for a week or two. And now like, you know, the Jags are the Jags. The Dolphins are the we'll Dolphins. Get bored. We'll get bored around like week mm, 11 to 13. And Minshew is going to come out and have like a really good game against probably a pretty subpar opponent. And we'll all get pumped again for a little bit. And then we'll yeah. And then we'll go back to normalcy again. It's like, ah, hey, you know what? I'm I'm done. Right. You. But but uh yeah. A Thursday night game that was full of action, full of scoring, uh, but not full of any kind of relevance. Uh, but we always love to watch football, so we're very happy about that. <laughs> not lacking in many things, but certainly lacking in relevancy. The the Dolphins <laughs> against Jaguars, the Florida right. the battle, the battle the of the battle. Sunshine State. Yeah, I mean I think as you brought up Steven Stamkos uh, and not playing tonight, but we've talked about it before of how they don't need him, but you saw in game three, five, two, he gets a goal in the, in that game. He, he, you know, he just makes him that much more dangerous. So certainly in addition, you're, you're not going to argue against, I didn't know, or I, or I forgot that he was the top pick back in, in 2008 for the lightning. Oh, me neither. Wow. So, like that makes me even more like, I hope he gets to play and I hope he gets to see this, this one through obviously, I mean, a deserve deserving to win it regardless, but you know, as an athlete, you want to be, you want to be on the field, on the ice, and yeah, I mean Thursday night, sort of surprised because we, we did wonder. We we're like, are the Jags okay? They played decent against the Colts and the Titans. I, I think you know, kind of as silly. we said, as we said before, I think the Titans just aren't a team that's going to blow. They, they're not going to blow out a lot of teams. Like they're just not. Like they're going to have a solid record, but their margin of victory is not going to be by a lot because that's just their style of play. Um, but yeah, James Robinson, I think, going to be a huge fantasy player i think he's only gonna get more and more touches in that offense and and mike i think it's gasecki uh the tight end for the dolphins two touchdowns last week had a touchdown last night he's becoming kind of a go-to for fitzpatrick and if Tua does start sometime this season which i don't think he should because why um the guy why i mean i guess i guess if health wise it's like yep nothing bad could happen um go ahead but even when Tua does come if he does come this season uh, you know, tight ends can, can be a nice kind of security blanket for those younger quarterbacks. So Gusecki and Robinson, I think, are both going to continue being solid fantasy players as well. We're going to move our way to the hardwood. WNBA, Storm, doing it by committee. Jewel Lloyd led the way with 20 points in their 89-79 to 79 game two win. They are up 2-0. This, this series, you know, each of these teams are being impacted by the absence of Sylvia Fowles. The, the Lynx can't run their offense the way they want to without her down low. And it's increasingly easy for the Storm to find space in the paint and rebound without her there. So I, I think that's just been a huge, a huge uh, subtraction for the Lynx. We know how good the Storm are. As I said, just doing it by committee, all the players that they have. I think the Storm see out the sweep in their next game. Mention the Suns. More surprises from the number seven seed. They get a 77 to 68 win in game three to go up 2 1 over the top seed, Las Vegas Aces. You know, this Suns team lost in five games to the Mystics last year in the WNBA Finals. So this team wants to get back. They've got the pieces that can make the playoff run. They're doing it right now again. Uh, and, you know, the Aces defense has been good. We talked about it before. Bill Lambeer, the legendary coach, and the defensive kind of standard that he sets for his team. But the Suns defense has been better. It's been led by that length of Duana Bonner. 
I think the Aces tied up in game four, but the Suns are going to take game five and go back to the finals. Jan, do you have any inclination of, of who you're leaning for the WNBA finals? Oh, man, I, you got to go with Storm right now. It's hard to say because, you know, it, it is going to be such a close clash between the Sun and the Aces, and the Sun have been playing well, and the Aces have Asia Wilson. So whoever comes out of that is going to be well-deserved. You know, can Asia Wilson prove that she's the MVP and leader team, you know, two games in uh, longer? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going the Storm. I mean, you know, we're not even talking about the best players necessarily on the team right now for the Storm like that are being like the ones that contribute the most, you know, Jewel Lloyd's great. We're not talking Sue Bird, you know, we're not talking a uh, former MVP, you know, it, it's kind of like Stewart. Yeah, exactly. So like, absolutely. You know, if, if, if you have players like that being your best players, then you're going to win every time. So I am going storm, you know, I love that sun pick. They showed it again, that they're there for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, the sun defense is doing better. Can Asia Wilson break them? You know, can Asia Wilson break through them? you know, and, and lead her team to scoring. She did it in game two. I'm sure she'll do it again in game four, but it's really going to matter. Can she do it when it matters? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see that. Uh, and it'll be a good matchup regardless, but that is what I see. I do see the storm winning it all at the end of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, storm were champions 2018. So not far ago, they were hosting up that championship trophy. I'm sure the players would like to do it again. As for the NBA, we're getting closer to the finals there as well. Heat, of course, have a chance to make the finals tonight. It would be the first time they've made the NBA finals since, of course, LeBron James has left uh, 2014 when they lost to the San Antonio Spurs, uh, I think four games to one. Spurs waxed them in that one. Currently, the Heat are up 58 to 51 and a half. That's kind of irrelevant because by the time you're listening to this, the game will be over. But the Heat are in the lead. Uh, Their number five seed would be the highest seed in the NBA finals since 1999. When the Knicks, as the eight seed, made it in the lockout shortened season, uh, they'd be the first five seed to ever make the NBA Finals, and they'd be only the fourth team seeded fifth or higher to make it to the NBA Finals. The Rockets did it twice as a sixth seed, both in 1981 and 1994. So some history for the Heat. Game four was a 112 to 109 win for Miami, and this game really was all about Tyler Hero. It was about the 20 year old rookie. He went absolutely crazy. He went off five for 10 from three, but it wasn't just him shooting threes. He was attacking the basket. He was cutting for layups. He was getting the mid-range going. The guy was everywhere offensively, and you could just tell he was playing with a ton of swagger. Uh, you know, he's playing like a star. Out of bio gets better by the minute. This this whole playoffs is like John Calipari. Like, John Calipari shouldn't have to recruit this year. Like, you're just like, here, just go watch the playoffs. You can go watch Bam out of bio, Tyler Hero, Jamal Murray, Anthony Day. Like, are you kidding me? Absurd the amount of guys in Kentucky that that are now and some of these guys were not expected. You know, Davis was a number one pick. I think we all saw that, but Tyler Hero and Bam and, and Jamal, I think, are certainly hitting their ceilings, if not exceeding what people saw from them. So Heater playing great. Again, Drogic in game four, plus eleven after that minus twenty-nine we talked about in game three. I think Celtics win tonight. I'm predicting them to win game five, but I have the Heat winning game six. And going back to the NBA Finals, Eric Spolstra, his fifth Finals appearance as a head coach, not too damn bad. And the Nuggets, meanwhile, they've got the Lakers right where they want them, right? The Lakers are up 3-1. How many times did you hear that joke today? That is, I am so mad. <laughs> oh, got them. Oh, I got them up 3-1. That's like that's just a sports dad joke. But Lakers won game four, 114-108. to 108. 
Jamal Murray, of course, great, 32 points. And Jeremy Grant and Monte Morris showed up again, both playing well. But, you know, that Jokic foul trouble, that really prevented him from influencing the game. Only had four assists. That's that's not Nikola Jokic's game. And, and when that's going to be the case, it's going to be tough for the Nuggets to win, no matter how many points Jamal Murray wants to try and score. Anthony Davis mentioned him. He just continued playing like a superstar. I think he's feeling himself more and more, really feeling like the guy. And and for him, I think that's feeling like the best player on the planet. Is he? I don't know. But if Anthony Davis can think like he is, then he's going to start playing like he is far more. And again, for the Lakers, you know, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, those guys are playing exactly how you dream of veterans playing when you're making a deep playoff run. That's that's what you hope when you get guys like that, that they're going to be contributing in, in the ways like they have with rebounds, steals, box, hustle plays, leadership. So those guys have both been incredible and have really been a huge value to the, the Lakers more and more as the playoffs have gone on. So I think Lakers win this 4-1. So I got Lakers heat, LeBron, Pat Riley. I mean, two guys that had have had a ton of success with both those franchises. It, it leads to a lot of fun stories. Of course, we're not there yet, but no matter which of these four teams make it, it should be a t- fun finals. Jan, what are you seeing from the conference finals? What are you? Uh, what's your Magic Eight Ball looking like for the NBA finals? Tell me your thoughts. Right. I mean, right. I think right now it's pretty clear that it's probably going to be Lakers Heat, which of course is a big storyline. You got LeBron James. You've got you know his old team in the Heat and a really good team and with a really good coach and with players that can contribute all over the place. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I mean, I want the Celtics to win more than anything, but they're going to have to compete at an unreal level in order to keep out Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and even past that, some of the bench players that can really pour it in, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder. You know, it's going to be really hard for them. And 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 if the Celtics do make it after all this, if they come back from 3-1 down, then I'm not saying I'm not taking them against the Lakers when they meet them there. Honestly, if they can do that, if they can shut this down. Wow. That's that. If they won three straight games against this Heat team, the way they're playing, I'll 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 take them. Yeah, I will. I will because wow. I think they'd have to show such team unity with Jalen Brown, with Jason Tatum, with Marcus Smart, and with Kemba Walker. All of those guys would have to be playing at such a high level for three straight games that I think that it would show that they're ready to take on the big boys. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I agree. I think they take. I mean, they're down seven and a half times, so we'll even see if it goes to a, that game. You know, six that we wanted to, but. I do see them kind of losing this one in six, hopefully seven, you know, maybe we win, but like it's, it's, it's not anything bad that this not five, please. Right. Not five, anything else. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it is kind of the set, the sense that just, it, it's the heat's moment right now. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do past this. Uh, yeah. As for the Lakers nuggets, if you think that the nuggets being three, one down against the Clippers is the same thing as being three, one down against the Lakers, then you're freaking dumb. You're just dumb against LeBron James. You think LeBron James is going to let Nikola Jokic win three straight games against him? Absolutely not. Here's the the thing too, with that one. It's like, so what have the nuggets done? The last two series made incredible comebacks down three, one. So you know what the Lakers probably aren't going to let happen. Then they have an incredible comeback down three. Well, like they 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 know that this team can do that, so they're not going to come into Game Five and be like, "Well, we got this one, guys. We're we're up three to one. We're good." Like they know that this team has that resiliency. They've just seen it twice in a row. So oh, right. I don't yeah. think the Lakers be are going to be that stupid to be like let them sneak back in and have that opportunity. Right. And here's a here's a hot take alert. 
I think not hot take. It's not even a hot you, take. It's we a, need a better sound design than that. Right. Exactly. Work on that. That's the next Sean, we got more more work for you. Please, especially because I'm gonna keep making these these takes as we go on. the announcement's the best part. Oh boy. But like I think LeBron James has his highest point total of of the playoffs in this game in this game five i think he goes out there and he's like no we're sw- we're winning four yeah, to one i agree i'm gonna score 45 points on y'all and we're gonna be done with this we're gonna be done with this and we're like, going i know to the exactly finals. i know exactly what you guys are thinking you're thinking all right we're gonna three one and he's like no i'm not the clippers i'm not the jazz i'm not donovan mitchell paul george i no. It's done. Yeah. Five games. It's done. Good job. Yeah. Congrats on making it to the Western Conference Finals. You guys have had a hell of a run. You're done. Right. He's like, I know that look in your eye like I had when I was 3-1 down and they let me come back. You ain't getting that. You nope. ain't getting that. Mm. You ain't getting it. You ain't getting You ain't getting a game six. Forget it. You ain't getting it. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, I think he scores his highest point total of the playoffs just in in pure in pure defiance of of that of that um kind of storyline so it'll be any really sort good. of comeback narrative he's like the comeback narrative not even happening <laughs> right i'm not it's like i'm not even letting you guys get to three two because do you know how yeah. annoying that's gonna be for a day and a half exactly. it's gonna be the most annoying thing in the world and i'm not gonna let it happen um but well, and yeah. you know i mean shit too like you look at this series depending on what happens tonight he could foreseeably not like you know punch their ticket to the finals lebron james needs rest far more than this heat team does like That's these, a lot, of, these a are a lot of young yeah, legs week. like LeBron yeah. and maybe not even LeBron. LeBron might not be the best Rondo Howard. Like they've got some older guys on that roster where if you're like, damn, we can have, you know, a chance to finish up this series and, and get a little more rest in, in our bodies and stuff. I, I think the Lakers are, are going to want to try and take advantage of that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we've, we've narrowed it down. So yeah, I see a Lakers heat final. I'm hoping my Celtics do the impossible. You know, I, as a fan, you, you always hope. Uh, but they have they've had a good season. They have good things to build on. If there's we'll any playoffs, it's, I mean, it's if this there one. is any playoffs, uh, you know, it's teams that have one. been up three to one, three to one in a conference final are fifty and four uh, all time. So it's not undoable, but it is improbable. <laughs> uh, that is, dude. I think like you are an optimist, certainly. I am. I, really, I, mean, I, really I am too. I, but it's just like, it's 50 and four. So it can get done. Like, right. It's like the dumb it's, and dumb. And like, so you're saying there's a chance. You're saying, like, hey, it has four times like, out of like 54 times. It's four anomalies. You're That's like, not an yeah. anomaly. Yeah. The Let's odds are in our favor at that point. Four out yeah. of 54. That's a sure thing. Shit. <laughs> 50 and five divide per- so well. I think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be, you know, but uh, we'll see. We'll have, we'll see what happens. And, you know, come, come one week from now, I might be the cockiest little bitch you've ever heard about basketball. You never know. You never know. I might just be the most, I might be more annoying than about the Celtics than don't I am about me, Bayern. Don't make me go put my heat jersey on. <laughs> oh gosh i talk i'm a lot of talk right now but don't make uh, me don't make me bring the d-wade jersey out please please don't it's unstoppable it is it, un- is. it is unstoppable i got that God. back in 05 05 and that is some classic heat but yeah i mean really exciting stuff excited for both basketball playoffs to get to the conclusion and for some real champions to be crowned 